0: This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author. Helping individuals, couples, and
1: families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman.
0: Sexual trauma is one of the most difficult traumas to work through, and people may feel afraid to speak about their experience or ashamed of what has happened. But healing can save lives and bring people true emotional, physical, and spiritual peace. My guest today, Dr. Joanne Mednick, transitions clients with the identification of living as from victims or survivors all the way to that of living as thrivers. Dr. Mednick will share her methods for moving clients through the trauma cycle, out of the trauma vortex, and into the healing vortex. Dr. Mednick, welcome to the show. So happy to have you with me again.
1: to be here.
0: So, you know, I, you, you do so much wonderful work with people in terms of trauma. And I know trauma, if you could explain maybe to our audience, um, there's a spectrum of trauma. Have we all endured some kind of trauma in our lives? Well, you know, it's really
1: interesting. I can't say that 100% of everyone has trauma, but, you know, there's, we have little t traumas and we have big traumas. And, you know, for someone, being in a car accident can be considered a trauma. For someone, having um, a narcissistic parent can be trauma all the way to having, you know, a borderline parent who's very angry with you one minute and loves you the next minute. So there's some things where people will say to me, oh, I don't have any trauma in my life. And then the more we talk about their childhood and what their parents were like and their parenting styles were like, we find out they do have trauma because there's even, you know, attachment traumas. And there's some parents that just were really depressed and they weren't able to attach to a child. Mm -hmm. And that can be very traumatic. And so, you know, to me, a lot of people have more trauma than they think they do. Um, And some people actually are just able to deal with trauma better. So, you know, there are people that might be in a fire. They might be in a really horrendous car accident and be able to do really well with it. And they might not even go to therapy. They may just process it themselves and be fine. And then there's other people who have had trauma since they were, you know, since childhood. So those kind of traumas just build on top of each other.
0: Right. And is it is it really because some people are more sensitive than others or people are more resilient than others? What do you think that is? It, it, also, I just want to... Uh, I just want to add that, you know, my grandfather was, you know, in the war and he, he was he was an orphan really young. He lost his mother at two years old and he is the most resilient and funny and he has this sense of humor and lust for life. He's 92. He's still going and he's never had any kind of formal therapy. But he's, you know, he, he's one of those people that just it was like, this is life and you move on from it and you, you know, so I, that always that has always been a question that is on my mind. And I and I feel like other people ask themselves that, too.
1: Well, I totally agree with you. I think some people just come into the world and they're more sensitive. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also think it's parenting styles, too. You know, some people are born into a family where the family's very resilient and there's a lot of love and caring in that family and there's not attachment issues and there's so much support there that those children, when they come through traumas like war and other things, as I said, sometimes they'll come through and you'd never have any idea they had a trauma. But mm-hmm. it's their background, it's the love that they get, it's the caring that they get, it's the the people that back them up and really make sure that they have positive attitudes going forward. You know, and you do hear of people you hear of people that, you know, were in you know, in Auschwitz and places like that and some get yeah. through it with such amazing resiliency and then there's other people who are just so devastated by it. And you can even see it in families. Sometimes you'll see three kids grow up in the same family system and right. one will be really resilient and one will be a little bit traumatized and the other is very traumatized.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that many times myself, too. So I guess it does come down to the fact that we're all wired differently and our sensitivities, you know, they're, they're, they just differ from, from person to person.
1: It really is. And if you think about it, you know, there's some people who energetically, you know, I say to people, they're like sponges and they mm-hmm. take so much in energetically. And those are the more sensitive people. And I think for them, it is a little bit harder because not only are they feeling the pain that they have in their system and their energetic system, but they also feel everyone else in the world's pain. So for them, it is harder because they're so weighed down with the kind of the weight of the world on them, if you want to say. And sometimes Mm -hmm. for them, it's harder to have that resiliency because they're feeling so much of what everybody's feeling. You know, it's more of those empaths in the world.
0: Absolutely. And that comes to, well, I mean, there's so much to talk to you about, but but that, (laughs) that I think comes down to one thing, which is called, you know, what I always like always think about is how can we teach people to let go of the things that no longer serve them, whether the memories or experiences. um, And I guess this, this, this does correlate absolutely to sexual traumas and and experiences sexually that may have been uh, harming or um, traumatic in in some nature of how do we let go of the things that, that really no longer serve us and, and heal? I know that's a big question, but, but is, is there a way?
1: Well, there is, I mean, in our clinics, we use a few different modalities that really work with that. Um, We work with sensory motor psychotherapy, which is a somatic form of therapy, and we Mm -hmm. do EMDR and brain spotting. And all of those therapies, instead of working, you know, on the frontal part of the lobe, we're in the very cognitive places, which is very mental, Mm -hmm. we do the work in the nervous system. Then we go into Mm -hmm. the more reptilian part of the brain and get to those subcortical levels that allow people to release the trauma that's stuck in their body. Because we feel it's so important that you heal mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And, you know, we know people that have been doing talk therapy for 15 or 20 years, and they're not getting better. And our feeling is because there's so much of that trauma and emotions and things that are still locked in their body that they could talk about it forever, but they're not going to release it. So we feel it's really important to do the new more cutting edge therapies that are able to help you release what's in your body as
0: well. Uh, it's so important. I'm, I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this, but for people that are listening out there that don't even realize that there's something called somatic therapy, can you tell us a little bit about how we do store things in our bodies for people that, 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 that I, you know, I mean, I, I counsel people and I'll talk to someone new and start, Um, hearing about their story and hearing about the trauma and and the blockages that have gone on in their lives, the walls that that are up. And and it's really because they're holding on to so much. So can if someone's listening today, can you can you help them understand that maybe this is something for them? Yeah, well, you know, it's
1: so interesting, because um, for me, I always say to people, because um, I'm very intuitive. So when I have clients sit with me, oftentimes they'll be talking about an event that happened, whether, you know, it was sexual trauma or an accident or whatever, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden their chest will get really tight. So I'll say to them, you know, are you aware of how tight your chest is when you're speaking about this? And they'll say yes. So we do all kinds of breathing exercises and things to help open up their chest so that they can Mm -hmm. release Mm -hmm. that. And then as they release it there, then you know, I'll be like, oh, do you notice that there's some anxiety in your stomach, you know, around your belly button? Can you feel like it kind of feels anxious there? or There's tingling. And then mm-hmm. we work and we work through that. And then, you know, they'll notice, especially if there's sex or trauma, I'll be like, can you feel there's some pain in your hip? Like, you know, on the right side or the left side? What are you feeling there? You know, and then we'll discuss kind of what's going on there, but then try to do the work mm-hmm. to move it out. And with the hips, a lot mm-hmm. of times what we'll do is we'll take a pillow and have them push against, with resistance, push against the pillow so they can make those movements that they didn't get to do at the time. So if someone was being raped and they didn't get to be able to push their assailant away with their legs because they were frozen, it gives them the opportunity to move those parts of their body that froze. You know, whether we're using a bolster, a yoga bolster, or a pillow, or, you know, sometimes they'll even push against the chair to do it but it allows mm-hmm. hips that tend to be very locked up to release mm-hmm. and unlock.
0: Wow. And it's, and, it's and interesting.
1: What, Oh, sorry. This is also interesting because yeah. a lot of times, you know, they'll keep going back to the chiropractor thinking it's something that's more chiropractic, but it's mm-hmm. that there's this energy that's so stuck there. And once they're able to release the energy that way, they're like, oh, I don't seem to need to go back to the chiropractor anymore because my hips are moving now.
0: Right. Right, oh, that's so, so interesting, and and what about for people that have had like you know um, this kind of sexual trauma early on in their lives, and and really have conveniently forgotten about it or put it to the side, and don't really want to. Um, address it yet knowing they have to, knowing it's still there, that looming, um, awareness, you know, I, 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 that's, I feel very common with the people I work with. It's like, this is a story that has happened to them and they want to just move forward without actually healing it. Can you speak to how, is it important to, to really do the work around it and heal it and let it, let it go properly or, or, you know, or, or did people just stay stuck?
1: It's interesting because if you really don't work through it, I think a lot of people stay stuck. And the thing that's really interesting is not only do they stay stuck in their body, but oftentimes there's a stuckness at that age stage, which you don't want to see happen. You want to see people be able to move through the different age stages Mm -hmm. and move forward, which is what you want. So, you know, the thing that we always say to the clients is especially doing um, the SE work or doing it with brain spotting or EMDR. It's such a gentle way to work through it. And mm-hmm. yes, they are having to relive the experience again, but it's just done so gently that, you know, most of the clients, If let's say their anxiety level around it is an eight or a nine. We yeah. can usually get them to a two to a zero at their anxiety level after doing the work. And, you know, no. sometimes it might be a couple of days of work doing it. It depends, you know, how bad the trauma is but sometimes mm-hmm. it can be in as little as a two-hour session. So it, it kind of depends on each person and what they've worked through. But the thing that we also do, is, which is interesting, is we start with the person's earliest memory of traumas and work mm-hmm. our way up to the latest trauma. So a lot of times um, if that earlier trauma um, has been healed, when they get to other traumas that sometimes they think are even worse than the one when they were younger, when they get there, they're like, oh my gosh, this isn't that bad. I thought this one was going to be horrible. And Mm -hmm. it's actually pretty easy.
0: That's wonderful. Because I I think that that's the case for a lot of, a lot of people is that they feel like to go through all of them. and, 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 and I think that is a pattern that, you know, once you recognize you have one trauma, you, you sometimes cause yourself more traumas or you're, you're victimized again and again and again. And a lot of people find themselves in these situations where, um, they blame themselves or they pick, you know, uh, abusive relationships or they pick, you know, because they don't feel worthy of something, they choose a certain path and, you know, and then there's more to heal. And so uh, it's, it's encouraging to hear, um, that, you know, that you could get through all, all those, all those different stages.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it's also interesting because when we do the trauma timelines, it also helps us to see how these patterns develop. And oftentimes when there's early sexual trauma, you know, because there's unworthiness and because there's shame and all the other things that go with it, it's just fascinating how those clients often pick people that are going to continue to abuse them. And Mm -hmm. the only way we can really stop that cycle is to do that healing, and then they start to have better boundaries, and, you know, they're able to say no, and they're able to say, you know what, I'm worth a much better person. I don't want to be with a drug addict anymore. I don't want to be with someone who's not going to be kind or gentle to me. But until they do that work, it's almost like they can't see they deserve better than
0: that. Absolutely. So, so can we just talk very quick for people that don't know what EMDR is and and um and the brain spotting? How how is that effective? And okay, how how is the brain spotting and the EMDR techniques effective? Can you explain for everybody a little bit about what what that is? Yeah. Well, what
1: we found with it, which is so great, is both with the EMDR and the brain spotting is um, it's done either with music where there's music and you hear a little beeping underneath it, or it's Uh done where, you know, someone will take their fingers and they'll move it from right to left. So what happens is you get bilateral work done. So it, it almost forces the brain to work on the right and left hemispheres at the same time. And it also, both of them put you, you're wide awake, but it's putting your system almost in REM sleep which when we sleep and we get into that REM sleep, that's what allows us to do healing. So again, it's putting that body in that more calm state. And what, you know, we really work at doing with the EMDR and the brain spotting and the sensory motor work is almost to reboot that nervous system because once the nervous system has been in, you know, fight, freeze or flight, it wants Mm -hmm. to keep going back there. And our work is how do we get the people so their nervous system can kind of Balance out again and be more normal.
0: I, I love that, and and I also think it, it allows people to start um, start fresh from a mental, physical, like you say, energetic, emotional, and spiritual place. So if, if if like you know, I have clients sometimes that come to me and they emotionally feel so out of balance, and um, yet you know, they're not, yet they're they're working and they have other parts of their lives that are intact and they have relationships, but yet they don't see that we can't just neglect one part of ourselves. So I think it's really wise, like what you're saying is to just do a full reboot and, and then work with somebody, obviously, like, like yourself, that, that can really help them see that we have to begin to feed all these parts of ourselves, not just one.
1: Right. And the one thing that we've also learned, which is so interesting, is you know, there's so much of the brain that we don't understand, and in mm-hmm. these more cutting-edge therapies, we're trying to work with different parts of the brain that we weren't working with before, and they're all so important to that healing. You know, because in the old days, nobody would have believed that we could even get more into that reptilian part of the brain, or that we could calm the nervous system down. Yeah. You know, and e- even when you're doing doing neural feedback, which we do, other people do different forms of neural feedback, but mm-hmm. the clients get so calm down when they're doing the neural feedback. Some of them even fall asleep during it because their body just gets so grounded and calm and peaceful. You know, and for us, I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's also nice where, you know, when you're doing a program like ours, each session isn't such hard work. You know, you have sessions that are hard work and then you have sessions that are more peaceful and restful and then you can go into another one where you're working a little bit harder, but it's just such a nice blend of working out throughout the day.
0: That's so great. So can you tell everybody that's, that's listening a little bit about um, the, your work and where, you know, where they could find you and, and what, what goes on there? And, and also if, if somebody is um, finding themselves just exhausted by <laughs> their life uh, or their trauma or an addiction or something going on that I think it's worthwhile uh, seeing somebody like yourself or seeing somebody that could help give them a little bit more awareness on what may be going on.
1: Right. Well, our center is in Pacific Palisades, California, and we are an outpatient center that does partial hospitalization programs where people come in for a minimum of two weeks, and they come five days a week for the two weeks, and they do six hours of therapy a day. And then we have Mm -hmm. IOP programs where they'll come for three or four hours a day, and sometimes it's three days a week, sometimes it's four days a week. But in the programs, the thing that's so wonderful is that you know, they get either EMDR or brain spotting every day for a couple hours. They get um, SE or sensory motor four hours a week. They get, you know, mindfulness three hours a week. They're getting um, two hours a week of learning skills, and we have art therapy. And um, then in the afternoons, they do um, trauma-informed yoga, and they do nia therapy, which is martial arts and dance therapy and massage and um As I had left out that we also have the neurofeedback, which is really peaceful for people. So it's it's really a program Mm -hmm. that looks at the mind-body-spirit to make sure that we're getting everything taken care of. And we do see clients who have addiction as well, where it's secondary addiction or secondary eating disorders. So Mm -hmm. if that's one of their issues, then they get a little bit less of mindfulness, and they'll get a couple hours of eating disorder work or um, addiction work a week. But it is a very comprehensive program that you know, whether they're with us for two weeks or if it's someone that really has a lot of trauma and they're there for a couple months when they leave us, you know, they're, at. you know, it's like they always say, we feel like we left the weight of the world in your center and we can go out and start our lives over again.
0: Mm, That's wonderful. It's so wonderful. And it's so, it's, it's so nice that it's, uh, it's individualized. So if somebody really does have more of a need for, um, you know, Addiction things, or eating things, or whatever it is that they're dealing with, or just anxiety and depression, and and learning how to move through a dark period of their lives. That's something that you guys individualize for their program.
1: It is, and the other thing that's great about our program is most programs have a lot of group therapy, and we find mm-hmm. that with trauma, the clients do better in individual therapy. Um, so once in a while, we may put a group together if we have clients that seem to really like each other and want to be in group together, but the right. majority of the work is done individually.
0: Okay. And and let's talk about really quick what the trauma vortex is. You you call it the trauma vortex, which is pain and chaos, and then choosing to heal, uh, choosing to release that and go to the healing vortex, which is calm and relaxed. Can we talk a little bit about how we get to that that place of healing and letting well, you know, go of the trauma?
1: Yeah, it, you know, I mean, for us, the, when we get people, they usually come in and they're totally in that trauma vortex. We can see them, you know, they're hypervigilant, they can't concentrate, they're anxious all the time, um, they have nightmares, they have flashbacks, you know, so they're they're always in that fight or flight mode and it's so hard for them and you can see it because their eyes are looking all over the place, you know, they're always afraid someone's going to come up behind them and Mm -hmm. for us, again, it's all about doing the modalities we do to calm the nervous system down, usually within... Um, three days to four days, the nightmares stop. If anyone's doing any kind of cutting behavior or harmful behavior, that usually stops in three days. Um, So with our program, even by the end of the first week, you can totally see the client's nervous systems calming down. Their eyes stop moving all over the place. They can really, you know, look at their therapist and settle down. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the second week, especially if they're just doing that two-week program, it's like the person comes in and they're they're so shut down and their bodies are just forward and collapsed. And by the time they leave, their bodies are open and back. And it, they look like completely different people. It, people always, you know, crack up that work at our front desk because they're like, Oh my God, I saw how this person came in Mm -hmm. and they're leaving a completely different person.
0: That's wonderful. That's so fantastic. And it must be so rewarding. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's so great for people to have a environment too, that is, that is safe and that, um, is is somewhere they can reveal who they are and feel worthy again and and feel like they could speak their truth. And, and, you know, sometimes we don't have the luxury of having that. And and especially people that come from some traumatic backgrounds, they've been living in a way where they they really haven't had that kind of safety net.
1: It's very true. And when people come into our um, our offices, it's not a huge place. You know, we're only a five room operation. So we don't We don't have a lot of clients here at one time because we want it always to feel spa-like and very calm. And I feel like if there's too many clients in at once, that feeling starts to go away. So we Mm -hmm. would rather keep it small so that everybody really feels safe when they come in. And we have our therapy dog that works here, and a lot of our clients will bring in their therapy dogs if they need them or emotional support dogs. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a very loving, caring place
0: to come into. It's so fantastic. Well, I'm so grateful that that you guys exist and that you are constantly on the cutting edge of learning what what is out there is is this a is this something that is always uh, growing? And are you finding that there are so many different kinds of therapies out there that that work for different kinds of people? Is it something that is changing? Or do you feel like you're just you're just tapping into the things that really resonate and talk to most people?
1: Well, I think there's so much change going on, especially as they're learning more and more about the brain, because, you know, brain spotting came out of the somatic and EMDR work. It's both of them combined. And mm-hmm. the person who did it um, started out as an EMDR therapist, an SE therapist. And as David Graham was doing the work, he noticed, you know, that certain people would look like they were having ticks, or that. Um, their their eyes would start blinking. And he was like, you know, I think we need to just stay in this one spot where if you were doing EMDR, you wouldn't stay in one spot. You would keep going. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think as practitioners start noticing things, they're taking the things that they learned and they're bringing them even more forward, which is just creating more cutting-edge work. And I think all the brain guys out there are doing such amazing work. You know, I always laugh because, you know, I'm I'm a therapist and I'm not one of those brain specialists but when mm-hmm. I listen to these guys and they're they're finally really opening up to listening to the things that we're seeing and what's going on and everybody's working together, where I think, you know, in years past, people like everybody was separated and doing their own thing. And I think combining the people that are really studying the brain with the therapist is where they're coming up with more and more great therapies that are working better and better.
0: I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like collaboration <laughs> can only be, you know, really exactly. positive.
1: Exactly. Definitely. And having people just being open to work together, because that's always my thing is, you know, I find some people that are in our business kind of closed and like they've created something and they don't want people to take it any further. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's just the best thing is the Mm -hmm. you know, because whoever came up with it in the first place was so smart
0: to think of it. But if we can take it even further, why not? Absolutely. Help one another more and more. Yeah. yeah, And and so just, you know, creating new pathways, it just came as you were talking about the brain. I think that is the most important thing in terms of healing from a trauma too, is, is creating those pathways, creating that um, new dialogue, the new narrative about who you are. And, and how much do you think of all of this changes kind of someone's identity at the end of the day and in, in a good way?
1: I think it changes a lot because as I said, you know, when we have these people who come in and you know they're they're so collapsed, and they're so kind of shy and quiet, and they don't want to go out in the world. So many of them are homebodies, they won't leave their house. And if they do, you know they have such social anxiety where mm-hmm. by the time they leave here, they're fine. You know what I mean? They can go shopping and they're okay. They can be out in the world. They can go to their kids soccer games again. Mm-hmm. And to us, that's what's so exciting to us is seeing someone that comes in, so collapsed and kind of closed down and that doesn't want to be out in the world and then leaves being like, okay, I'm here. Let, let me go do whatever I want to do. You know, because I think I told you in the last show that we also work with vets and we've had women yeah. vets that were sexually traumatized that then go back onto the base where they were traumatized and talk about what happened to them and what's wow. possible in the healing process.
0: Wow. And that and that's just that's just so amazing. And it helps other people see that there's a light at the end of the end of the tunnel and that they could also thrive and, and get through, you know, some really painful times of their lives. And I always say that like pain propels us forward. So it's so nice for, for you to also, you know, uh, discuss that and, and, uh, I, I, guess attest to it with everybody that you have seen.
1: Right. Which is just amazing.
0: So Joanne, can, can you tell everybody really quick one more time where they could find you a website, um, and how to get in touch?
1: Yeah, our website is SerenityTraumacenter.com. Um our, um, we're, at we're at 881, we're at 881 Alma Drive in Pacific Palisades and nice. our phone number is 310-310-9249.
0: Oh, super easy. Well, we'll have all of Joanne's information up on our site as well. Thank you so much for being with me today. You're listening to Rewired Radio on Radio MD. I'm Erica Spiegelman. Thank you all for joining us and stay well.